Okay, so I met Greg at ICOM um, back in November, and he has this really neat ministry um, called Next Church, and it's I'm really excited that he's going to talk to you guys because it's one of those um, ministries you hope you never need, but you're probably going to, and so it's good just to have him in your back pocket. And I met him again at the Pressing On Conference by um, the Kairos Benevolent Fund and ICOM. And so I'm just really excited for him to share about what they do and what this might look like for you. So, Greg, I'm going to turn it over to you now. Okay, very good. So how much time do I have? Like 45 minutes, four or five minutes? What's going on? Yeah, about 40-ish, and then we'll leave some time at the end for questions. Okay, so let me give you a little bit of background about me, first of all. So. Uh, I'm a second generation preacher. My dad was a preacher. And um, <clears throat> I went to Cincinnati Bible College at the time, graduated in 1976. And from then on, I've been in ministry until 2018. I retired from active uh, vocational ministry after 42 years um, for two reasons. Number one, I realized I didn't have as much energy as I needed, and I didn't have innovation that the church needed. Um, and so I retired uh, at that point and relocated to Nashville, Tennessee, which is where we live now. Uh, all of our kids and grandkids are here. So I get to be an active grandparent, which I absolutely love. Mm -hmm. I was hoping to find an associate ministry with a larger church that I could just kind of, uh, you know, mentor a, a younger preacher and try to help run interference for him, help him avoid some of the potholes that I hit and so forth. That never materialized. And in 2020, a friend of mine, John Cutshaw, who some of you may know, um, also a Cincinnati graduate, um, contacted me and said, hey, Greg, you need to look into this Next Step Church Services, NCS. And he said, they're doing exactly what you've been talking about for years. I think you really, it's right up your alley. You need to look into this. So I uh, immediately uh, found them on the web website and contacted them and went through their training and had my first assignment uh, in 21 through 22 at uh, Church of God, Anderson, Indiana, in Meridian, Mississippi. Uh, Mississippi is the furthest south I've ever been, and it's a completely different culture. And the Church of God is a completely different um, um culture as well. So I was there as a interim minister. So part of NCS, Next Step Church Services, uh, what they do is they provide interim ministers to churches that have either gotten deeply hurt or gotten stuck, churches that are in transition between ministers. And so an interim minister um, is a full-time pastor, is a temporary pastor, and he goes into the church to help, uh, first of all, assess. That's the first thing we do is do an all-church assessment of the church. So really get a picture of who they are and where they're at, strengths and weaknesses and so forth. And then that um, assessment becomes kind of a blueprint or a roadmap for the interim to begin to uh, implement, address some of the weaknesses, build on some of the strengths, and help the church get healthy, help them prepare for um, a better future, and then eventually help them find their next pastor. So NCS has been doing this for about 24 years. They work with about, I think the last count was 20 different 
tribes or denominations or groups of people. And so they have recently invited me to be on the management team, which is a great honor. I, I'm, I'm honored to be invited to serve in that role. And my role, my responsibility is to be the um, coach and the coordinator for Christian churches and churches of Christ. So currently we're trying to recruit pastors that are either nearing retirement or in retirement, uh, perhaps even some younger uh, pastors that are just looking for uh, a meaningful way to minister, um, and then also recruiting churches that are in transition. Um, unfortunately, as you might know, uh, we have two things going on in the Christian church right now. Number one is a shortage of ministers, which means that churches go a longer period of time between ministers because there's just not that many um, out there to, to pull from. And um, the other thing is um, churches often just kind of spin their wheels during that transition time. And it's becoming longer and longer. It used to be four or five months, maybe six months. Now it's upwards of uh, nine to months to a year that churches are in that season of transition. And it's usually not a, a healthy place to be. The uncertainty, especially if it's a multiple staff, the staff is trying to navigate all those things and the church is unsure what's going on. And, and so to have a full-time certified interim come in and be you know, the temporary pastor is a great benefit to the church. Uh, one other thing I would add quickly is that, you know, often uh, the issue of cost comes up. Well, how much does this cost? And NCS operates on what they call a budget neutral plan. So the idea is whatever you were paying your previous ministry minister, that's what we would ask you to, to pay NCS. So it's not going to cost you any more money um, than what you were what you were previously paying your minister. So the interim comes in and he has all these tools and all these resources uh, to help churches, number one, get healthy, and number two, uh, prepare for a better future. Uh, there's a lot more details I could go into, but I'd really like to try to field any questions uh, that anyone might have. Greg, Renee always warns that it takes our crowd just a minute to warm up before they unmute, so. Well, I guess, yeah, and I know that was a lot of information in a short period of time, um, but that's just kind of a general overview. Yeah. So while they're unmuting themselves, let me go on and say, as I look at the um, gallery of pictures here, I see that we have quite a diverse group of people age-wise and, and, and experience-wise and so forth. And I really appreciate that because um, what we're trying to do right now is just get the word out among our churches of who we are and what we do, uh, develop some name recognition um, and also some awareness. Since January, I personally have contacted uh, 97 churches, uh, okay, churches that are in transition. I you know, go to um, Kentucky or um, Ozark, Central Christian College of the Bible, go to their websites. They usually have a listing of churches that are looking for ministers. And I've contacted 97 of those churches that are in transition. 
And um, the most common response that I get is, oh yeah, we, we have an interim. And I'll say, okay, what, what does the interim do? And they say, well, he preaches every Sunday. Hmm. So, well, that's, that's not an interim. That's a supply preacher. And that's good. If that's what you need, that's what you want. There's nothing wrong with it, but he's preaching for you on Sunday. And there's value in that continuity, consistency, all those things. So, but an interim is different because an interim is a full-time pastor, a full-time temporary pastor. He preaches, he teaches, he, leadership development, you know, conducts planning meetings, works with the staff, does visitation. He's a full-time temporary minister. That's like, wow, we've never heard of that. So we're really fighting a battle of educating our churches, Christian churches, churches of Christ about what interim is and what interim can accomplish. I've got a question, Greg. Can interim during sabbaticals, like if you're taking a six month sabbatical or is this in transition from one pastor or minister to the next? That's a great question. I don't know that it's been addressed. Um, I suppose it could be uh, that could be a part of it. So, so when a minister goes on a sabbatical, to contact NCS to do to provide an interim for them, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's uh, that's something we really haven't considered or discussed, but that's a great um, opportunity. Typically. In an interim arrangement agreement, we start out for nine months. Okay. Typically, that's the amount of time it takes for a church to actively pursue and recruit um, their next leader. That can be shortened if they find a preacher sooner. They're not obligated to nine months. They just give us a two-month notification and we'll we'll terminate the intern interim at that point. <clears throat> but usually it's extended. So nine months is not enough time. Uh, we're finding now that anywhere from a year to sometimes 18, 18 months, which is a long time, but we do um, extend at two month intervals. Okay. So again, my first assignment in Meridian was 11 months, started out with nine. We weren't ready. So we added two more and then we were able to pass the baton onto their new um, uh, permanent leader. Do you have some kind of uh training program, just what is it like to prep for that? Yes. So NCS does a great job of vetting um, candidates um, through a, a process of interviews and assessments and all of those kinds of things. And if, if, if the right. pastor um, goes through that, then they wouldn't be invited to a week-long training. It's actually four days. Uh, four days of training. Uh, currently, we do that in Nampa, Idaho, which is just outside of Boise. Uh, so you would go in for four days of uh, extensive training. After the training is over, then you, the individual would make the decision, yes, this is something I want to pursue. This is something I want to do. NCS would say, you know, that's great. Um, and when would you like to start? So there is a extensive vetting uh, initially, and then also an extensive training uh, for for those who are interested in interim. 
I might also add, because I think this is valuable, um, that NCS then supplies the interim with two uh, people. Number one, uh, you would be assigned a coach, and the coach is somebody who's been through interims before just to help you walk through your first assignment. So whenever you get stuck or like, I don't know what to do here, you can call your coach and the coach will walk you through that. The second thing this person they provide you is a mentor. And a mentor is somebody from that particular tribe or denomination, okay? So for example, when I was in Meridian, I was working in a church of God, Anderson, Indiana, and they have a much different polity uh, than the Christian church that I'm familiar with. So I was often a little confused and disoriented. And so I could call my mentor, who was Bob Moss, and I'd say, Bob, how, how do you guys do, do this? And he'd walk me through the process, and it was extremely helpful, very, very helpful. So it's not just training, then you're on your own. Uh, they do the training, and then they follow up with coaches and mentors and monthly reports and cohort meetings. And it really is a um, full-service uh, ministry. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw in the chat, we have a question. What's the website for NCS? Yeah, good. So I can type it in here. So it's um, so www.yourncs.org. Greg, right, just going, I'm Go sorry, just going over your website here. A um, couple of things caught my eye. I wonder if you could just elaborate on sure. uh, the church assessment. Uh, looks pretty thorough. Could you kind of uh, explain how you guys go about doing that and what what a church receives out of that? And then, of course, it looks like some long term two year coaching uh, is available as well. Could you give some details on that, please? Correct. Uh, those are good questions. Thank you. So the assessment is one of the first things we would do with the church when they say we, we're interested in uh, an interim. And so our executive director, whose name is Lonnie Bullock, Lonnie Bullock uh, sets up a time to, to do this all church assessment. And it involves um, a survey of the church. It involves uh, personal interviews with the leadership of the church. Um, it involves telephone calls with various members of the church. Uh, then it does a demographic um, uh, survey and so forth. So it's a very extensive thing that's done over uh, a two-week period. Then they consolidate all of that information that the church has presented them with. They put it in the form of a report, usually about 40 to 50 pages of report based on the feedback that they received. And then Lonnie, our executive director, comes back to the church and presents that, uh, makes a full presentation of the uh, assessment uh, to the congregation. And the neat thing about it is we don't come in and personally assess the church and say, well, we think this and we think this. We say, no, you, you tell us this information, what you think about this, what your feelings are about this, what your history is. We, we gather all that information from the church and then we just compile it and say, here's who you are. And the amazing thing is, so often, uh, the leaderships, initially, they're like, oh, we, we know the church. We've been here for 25 years. And it's like, I don't 
think you know the church at this level. You may know the church up here, but to really, so the assessment and when it's presented to the leadership, they're like, wow, we, we had no idea. And so it really gives a true portrait of what the church is, who the church is, where they're at. And the assessment, most of the um, practical assessment is based upon NCD, natural church development. And so we really key in on those eight quality characteristics and help graph where the church is in those areas. So then that, as I said earlier, becomes the roadmap for the interim to say, hey, we're going to look at these two or maybe three areas where the church is really um, less than average to try to focus on that and build it up and gain um, success and momentum going forward. So that a church or a pastor, when he comes in, doesn't have to spend a lot of time doing a history and trying to correct things and trying to navigate all of that. It's already been done through the assessment and through the inner minister. So he basically has a clean slate that he can that he can build on and go forward on. So that's the assessment part of that. And again, all of that's included in the um, agreement that would be made with the church. Does that, does that answer your question? I think there was another part to that question. I don't remember what it was. About the coaching. I think you mentioned about the coaching. So yeah, that's another, that's another part of NCS. So NCS does coaching as well. And so sometimes churches say, you know, we're, we're not interested in an interim, but we would like maybe some coaching. So that's, that's another component. I'm only focused in on interim pastors. But, and some churches just do an assessment. They say, well, let's start with an assessment. I think that would be helpful. Give us a chance to reflect and see who we are and where we're going. And, and that's fine. And sometimes we just do an assessment. But usually the assessment will then lead to an interim. It's like, well, we've, we've got some work to do and we need somebody with experience and, you know, credentials to help, help lead us through this, this process. Greg, it's uh, Dr. West here. I do a lot of counseling of pastors who are thinking about transitioning, thinking about quitting their ministries um, mm. and also uh, consulting with a lot of elders. Um, one of the things that, uh, one of the dynamics that comes into play is that, uh, churches, um, some, sometimes pastors leave their churches because they, they're just not paid very well. So, um, and the opportunity to get a significant pay, pay increase off, often happens in that transition going from one church to the other. There's also a bit of a shock, sticker shock for the church as they discover that uh, what they were paying their previous pastor uh, is insufficient to attract a new pastor. So um, I want to pick up on uh, Brian's uh, question and, and add a little bit of my question to it is um, if the interim pastor gets paid the same as the outgoing pastor, um, how does how does your organization make its money, or do you, or does the interim pastor get a little bit less, and and uh, the organization uh, takes a cut, so to speak? 
And how do, uh, second part of the question is, uh, how, how do you find uh, educating the, the pastors, uh, educating the elders that they need to actually increase the, uh, the pastor salary in order to attract somebody? Mm -hmm. Any yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great, great questions. Um, so first of all, yes. So the, the agreement is made between the church and NCS. So the church pays NCS. NCS takes a small percentage for its overhead and passes the rest on to the interim. So that's the way that goes. Hmm. So the interim is not really hired by the church. They, they agree with NCS. So if the uh, income, uh, the previous preacher was paid a non-livable salary, uh, NCS would still continue uh, consider working with them. And we have two options. Number one is we have generous donors and supporters who help make up the difference for churches that are in that situation or in that need. Um, and second of all, we, we would ask our interim or intern, or excuse me, we would ask our interim to raise support, and several of them do. Uh, this allows us to service smaller churches or churches, like you said, who are struggling financially. Uh, we're here, we're not here to make a profit. We're not here to sell a product. We're here to help churches. And so whatever it takes to help churches, that's what we want to do. If they want to be helped and they want to grow and they want to reach people for Jesus, that's what we want to work with. And we'll we'll find a way to make it work, whether it's through donation, um, supplement, or through raising support. I have a friend, some of you may know him, Jerry Jones. He graduated from Ozark. Right now we have three Christian church uh, pastors uh, associated with NCS. It would be myself, John Cutshaw, who introduced me to NCS, and then Jerry Jones. And Jerry Jones is in his first assignment. He's in a very small church, uh, Church of God, out in Kansas, very remote. He said, he said it takes him an hour and a half to get to a Walmart. So it's, it's a pretty remote place. And so Jerry has a supplemental donor income, but he also raised support in order to be there from family and friends and so forth. So we we try to we we try not um, we try not to allow finances to be a hindrance. If there's if they're willing and they're desirous, uh, we're going to do everything everything we can to make it work. And then again, some of us uh, don't need a lot of money. You know, we're retired. We're on Social Security. We have a retirement fund. And, and we're just, we want to help the kingdom. And so we don't, we don't have to have a lot of extra money. So does that answer your question adequately? Uh, yes, it does. Uh, Brian, how about you? Does that, uh, I kind of spoke on your behalf as well. I was thinking more along the line of uh, your other services outside of the interim that you were speaking of in your website has, can you speak to fees for those kind of services? assessments coaching that kind of stuff yeah yeah uh, the only other thing i can speak to outside of the interim is the assessment i do know that so if a church says hey all we want to do is an assessment um then it is it would be twenty five hundred dollars for um the full assessment for a church of 50 or less no excuse me it's 100 or less so if a church is 100 or less it costs them 200 $2,500. And then for every 50 people above that, it would be an extra $500. So 
So if it's 150 people, it would be $3,000. If it's 200 people, it'd be, what would it be? It would be $3,500 and so forth. So that's, it's a graduated scale for the assessment. Now the coaching, I, Lonnie takes care of all of that. That's not something that I'm, I'm familiar with, but he would be glad to, if you send an email or corresponded with him in some way, I'm sure he'd be glad to give that information. So uh, back to the previous question too, I would say just a, a second thought there. We do uh, help churches make the necessary increases in finances. As, as we start looking at the next preachers, like, hey, listen, folks, if you want to bring somebody in, you're going to have to, we're going to have to figure out a way to make it a, a comparable um, increase in salary, benefits, housing, all of that stuff. So we do address that as a, as a vital area of, um, uh, for their future. Thanks for that, Greg. Very helpful. Okay, thank you. Greg, there was another question. Can you speak to the fees for these services? And the website is listed right above. It's yourncs.org, Gary. Got so, it. Got uh, it. Perfect. But if you can speak to fees, I don't know. I think we tapped on it, but if you could just go into a little more detail mm -hmm. there. Okay. Uh, so the fees for the interim, uh, and we call it TIPS, T-I-P-S. Transitional Interim Pastors Services. Uh, the fees for that is determined by the church, by the size of the church, the financial um, ability of the church. Uh, again, as I said a moment ago, we try not to let finances be a deterrent. If church is desirous, we wanna do everything we can to make it feasible and possible for them to, uh, to have an interim. Uh, so our basic uh, premise is it's budget neutral. We don't want to. You, we don't want the church to incur any more expenses than what they uh, are currently uh, paying. So that would all be figured out in the um, in the agreement that the church makes with NCS. So we don't have any set fees. We don't have any aside from the assessment. As if a church just wants to do the assessment, again, as I said, um, then there's a twenty-five hundred dollar base fee with $500 increments, but that's the, and, and then the coaching would be uh, a fee that's determined, I think also by the size of the church and the uh, feasibility, financial um, feasibility of the church. So again, I don't, I'm not trying to be evasive. What I am trying to convey is that we wanna work with churches that are hurting, churches that are stuck, help them get healthy and help them prepare for a better future so they can find their next pastor and really uh, make an impact for the kingdom. Greg, I, I apologize. I was a little late on this call. I'm in a conference down in Branson, Missouri, but I really appreciate uh, the ministry that you have. And just a couple of practical questions. Uh, sure. First of all, uh, the housing for your interim would seemed to me to be uh, a question that would need to be resolved if he is on site. And secondly, uh, does the interim work with the church in helping them to, in the process of calling a, uh, a new senior pastor, uh, are they actively involved in, 
in coaching the leadership in that regard. Absolutely. So good, good, good question. Let me take the first one first. As far as housing is concerned, uh, the housing would be in, in the agreement that we make with the church. The church would provide housing for the interim and his spouse, if the spouse goes with him. Um, and so that can be done in a parsonage if they have one. It could be done in a, I stayed in Meridian, I stayed in a, uh, basically a bed and breakfast for an extended period of time. Um, it could be in a rental. It would need to be a furnished apartment, house, or whatever. Um, and the church would be uh, responsible to provide that to the interim. We also have some retired pastors who just have kind of like a mobile home or trailer, and they just pull it wherever they go, and that's where they live. So again, that doesn't become a burden for the church. Uh, some guys are, are able to do that. Um, I think so. Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to say is NCS does encourage all of its interns to maintain a home base. Okay, so we our home base is in Nashville, Tennessee. And so when I do go out on assignment, we retain this house. And for me, myself, my wife stays here um, because she's in real estate and it's just easier for her to stay here. And, and I would move as I said, to Meridian and lived there for those 11 months. Um, on the other side, um, yes. So as far as helping the church find their next minister, we will be as involved as they want us to be. Some churches, some denominations, you know, have their own structure. And they have a state pastor who takes care, who leads in that. And we're like, okay, fine. That's that's fine. But if they say, no, we want we want you to help us. We want you to lead us. We have resources, tools, training, um, uh, how to conduct interviews that we lead the church through and help them in that process. Again, in my experience at Meridian, it was a church of God, and they asked me to be on the search team and to support um, the chairman and to do, provide some training and just be a part of that whole process, which was very, um, uh, very gracious of them to do that. And so again, we just we try to be as much or as little as they want us to be in that in that hiring process. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And if I would, so, um, so it's, an earlier question was about training and and. I talked about that, the vetting, then the training, and also the resourcing with a mentor and a coach and so forth. But over the past 24 years, they've also developed a, a wealth of resources and material that is basically on Dropbox. So we have access to this very large Dropbox that we can tap into and find resources uh, to help us through whatever, whether it's conflict management or leadership development, or even things like uh, sermon, um, sermon series, um, uh, information on salaries and benefits and all that kind of stuff. So again, we're not out there on our own shooting in the dark, hoping this works. Uh, NCS provides the interim with a wealth of resources and tools that they can use in that situation. And again, the coach or the mentor 
would be more familiar with that. And so he could often help the interim, especially in the first assignment, say, well, here's, here's a resource that you might want to look into. Here's how you can access that and so forth. So it's, it's just a very um, rewarding way uh, to leverage um, our remaining years in ministry. Okay. As I said earlier, I, I knew I didn't have the energy and the innovation I needed, but I still have gas in the tank. I still want to be involved in kingdom work. And so for me to be able to leverage my experience and hopefully, hopefully a little wisdom to help churches that are hurting or that are struggling, it's, it's both very rewarding to me personally, but it's also very uh, exciting for the church to be able to bring somebody in who has a wealth of experience can get them back on track and get them moved from all this anxiety that they have. What are we going to do what, to, to anticipation? It's like, now we are ready. We are excited. We know that, that God is leading in this endeavor. And when the, when the pastor gets there, man, they're just, they're just ready to go. Mm-hmm. So I have, let me click off of the chat box here. So I have this document, it's a brochure that I would be glad to send to anybody. Um, it's specifically designed for our churches, Christian churches, churches of Christ. Uh, it gives a general overview of tips uh, and, and some testimonies are in there. Um, and then some contact information for me that you can share with other people or you can share with other churches. Uh, that's really what I'm hoping to gain from this exposure is acquainting you with it so that in your sphere of influence, if you run across a, a, a minister who may be looking for something different, nearing retirement or whatever, uh, you can say, hey, you need to look into this. Or if you run across churches that are, you know, they're stuck and they're just really struggling, uh, you can be able to say, hey, here's a resource you might want to you might want to look into. So I'll include my email in the chat box here. And if you're interested in that brochure, just let me know and I'll be glad to send that out to you. Um, we are currently trying to get some, uh, some endorsements to put on the back page. Uh, right now we have the standard, um, standard publishing uh, gave us their logo. We're in conversation with Central Christian College of the Bible and the Christian Church Leadership Foundation, uh, talking with them to get their logos on our back page, just to give credibility, you know, give endorsement to that. Uh, so we're in the process of adding that to the back page, which I think will be helpful. We also have an, uh, some advertisements taking place in the Christian Standard right now. So for the full year of 2023, we have a full page ad in the Christian Standard every issue which we're very happy about and grateful to Jerry Harris for making that all possible. And then we have an article coming out in the, I think it's a September, October issue of the standard. There'll be an article um, written by Sean McMullen. Uh, he interviewed myself and John Cutshaw and our executive director, Lonnie Bullock at the Pressing On conference. And so he's written an article that will be in that issue. So again, we're trying to get a name recognition as well as um, 
and educating what interim ministry is all about. So. Greg, uh, I have another question for you, if that's all right. Sure. Uh, what are you uh, currently in need of, more churches or more interim pastors? <laughs> Thank you for that question. Uh, really, we're in need of both. Okay. Um, my feeling is our churches are only going to want an interim from the Christian Church, Church of Christ. Right. Mm. That's my assumption. Um, and so we need we need interims. Right now we only have three from the Christian Church, Church of Christ. And there, and we all of us are serving in a church of God, Anderson, Indiana, because we don't have any Christian churches. And so we're hoping to, as I said earlier in this conversation, I've contacted 97 churches since January that are in transition. And most of them are, number one, unfamiliar, certainly unfamiliar with NCS. And number two, really unfamiliar with the concept of interim minister. So we have a, we have a, a, a need to just inform and educate and um, uh, get the word out uh, of what we're doing. And, and so that's, I would say the need right now is both. We have three uh, interims, no churches, but two, two of our interims are tied up and will not be available for uh, at least a couple months. And so we do training two times a year. Uh, I think I mentioned in, we do it in Nampa, Idaho, uh, one time in January and one time in uh, August. Our next training is August 14th through the 17th. Uh, that's coming up and it's still, you know, we can still get people in for that training. I had another thought, but it just escaped me. Greg, I, I think the service that you're providing is, is, um, really valuable because I, my experience, you know, dealing with, with churches that have really come unstuck in the, in the transition between pastors, um, revolves around, uh, factors such as we'll just get, um, the associate pastor to fill in or some other, uh, personal staff to fill in sometimes elders fill in, um, any, any pastor that has ambition for wanting to be a senior pastor, um, mm -hmm. you know, obviously is low hanging fruit in terms of saving the church some money. Well, it's like, well, here's, here's, you know, pastor so-and-so who uh, is already on staff. We'll just shove him into the quarterback position. And when we get the new quarterback, we can send that pastor back to the bench doesn't really uh it's not really healthy for the for the um for the associate pastor um right. certainly not healthy for the church uh, so I, I think what you're doing is a really uh essential service to provide stability for churches as they transition well thank you for that endorsement i i completely agree it's a it's a great and everybody i've talked to and i've talked to a lot say basically the same thing this is a great ministry. It's much needed. And initially, back in 2007, when I started talking about this, um, they were saying, well, well why, why don't you do, do this? Why don't you get something started? 
And I was like, I, I don't want to start something if it's already being done. Let's just partner with a group that's already doing it. And I mean, we're, we're all about unity, right? Let's unite. Why do we have to own our own uh, ministry to do this? Why can't we partner with people that are already doing it? So that's been very um, helpful to, to, to buy into something that's, that's already proven and, and has a significant track record. So I would say, if I can continue on, I think there are several ways to do this transition. Sometimes it's planned, minister retires, you're going to be looking for a new minister. Sometimes it's unplanned, maybe uh, maybe there's an illness, maybe there's a moral failure, maybe there's some internal conflict or whatever, and so it's not planned. So there's basically three ways, ways to do this. One is uh, to, to, do, to do a succession plan, okay? And, and some churches have done that very successfully, and that's that's ideal. That's perfect. I personally think Southeast Church was one of our church's first churches to do that. They did it very, very well with Dave Stone and now Kyle Eidelman. And that's been it's been great. But most of our churches do not have the time or the money to do that. Number one, they start too late. Or number two, they don't have the money to hire two preaching ministers. And so succession planning is a viable uh, alternative, but it's out of the reach of many of our churches, mid-sized and smaller churches. So then the next thing would be, okay, we're in transition. What are we going to do? Let's hire a supply preacher. Let's get a somebody locally or somebody from our Bible college and come in every week and preach. And that's a viable option, a supply preacher until you find your next preacher. That's, that's certainly an option. Uh, and then there's interim ministry where it says, no, we're going to we're going to slow down. We're going to take our time. We're going to look internally first, do some internal reflection and examination, uh, kind of get our ducks in a row so that we know really who we are. We, we help the church develop a, a church profile. Here's who we are. Uh, we help the church uh, develop a community profile. Here's our community. And then we also help the church develop a pastoral uh, profile. Here's the kind of person we're looking for. And so the pastoral profile becomes very important to the church because when they get all these resumes, they can compare it to something and say, nope, that doesn't fit, that doesn't fit. Oh, here's, here's somebody that, that fits what we're looking for. And so rather than just hiring and hoping it works out, you have a much better chance of saying, here's, here's the kind of pastor we need and there's the kind of pastor we want. And then it helps them begin to match that up so that the applicants are actually being um, weighed or measured against some um, very clear um, parameters. So that was just an additional thought that came to my mind about those uh, transitions. I think there's several ways to do it. Um, and, and I'm just uh, advocating and sold on the value of an intentional interim minister. How are we doing time-wise? I don't even know. Got about, yeah, we've got about 10 minutes left. Um, time flies when you're having fun. <laughs> um, thank you so much, Greg, for coming on and just uh, educating us on what is available to us as uh, the church um, and the need for it as well. If you guys have any more questions, if you want to ask real quick, 
Um, other than that, I'll turn it over to Dr. Wes. Does that sound good? Yep. Okay, perfect. So if you have anything else, going once, going twice. So I have put my email address there in the chat box. If you want to contact me privately, individually, I'd be more than happy to correspond or connect with you in any way. But I appreciate this opportunity. Again, I appreciate the work that you all are doing in various ways. And if you can ever help a church or uh, encourage a, a minister to consider this, uh, it would be greatly appreciated.